Welcome to the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I talk about how I became a horse girl as a child and why I've returned to being a horse girl as an adult. I discuss what I've learned about why many of us are horse girls, what that inexplicable heart and soul-based force is that draws us to horses like moths to a flame, how I've learned that our relationships with horses can be an opportunity for us as horse girls to empower ourselves at our deepest inner self levels, and how by doing so, we can feel more empowered in all aspects of our lives, including in our riding and our relationships with horses. In this show, I'll share personal stories of my journey to date and how I continue to practice doing this day to day in my relationship with my current horses. I'll also periodically interview other women about how they're empowering themselves as horse girls as well. So join me as we go on this journey of empowering our horse girl selves together. Welcome back to the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about how can our horses help us empower ourselves? And this is following up with kind of more, mm, more clarity, more information um, related to what I was talking about in episode one. So if you haven't listened to that, uh, consider giving that one a listen as well or first. So let's dive right into this. The way I'm going to start this conversation is by talking about my morning with my horses. So this morning I woke up and it is, uh, I live in Montana now and it is dreary and kind of, it's getting colder, um, we have a mountain in front of us and the whole top of the mountain is covered with fog slash clouds slash potential snow up there. It's hard to say, but it's, it's dark today. It's not a sunny, beautiful, glowing day like sometimes we have in Montana where I wake up and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Um, it doesn't feel like that. It feels more like a, oh, you know maybe I should just go back to bed kind of a morning. But I couldn't because I had animals to feed, in particular horses to take care of, right? Sound familiar? Um, so I go out, I get my my muck boots on and my coat and my hat and my gloves and I had soaked their grain and um you know I'm kind of had enough caffeine to get me through going out there but I'm kind of trudging out (laughs) and um and 
I get out there and I'm, I'm, I'm calling them and they come, they come running in. Um, they live in, they, I grew up having horses. Well, mostly, um, that lived in the barn and then just kind of got turnout. Uh, but now my horses live out 24 seven. They have a shelter. They have a beautiful shelter that we built, um, that they have the option of going in or out and I can enclose them in it if I need to. Um, and they still have a little space, but in general, it's basically their choice, you know, how they want to live, uh, whether they want to be in or out, unless it's really dangerous conditions. And so they were out in the larger pasture and I called them and, um, my young guy, my seven-year-old, he's the leader, um, of the two and he comes running in cause he's very food motivated and he comes running in and I give him some of his food and then I give the other one the other food, um, the other bucket of food. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because, you know, it wasn't exactly what I would have chosen, you know, to go out in the cold. I got out there and I was like, man, it is cold today. It's getting colder. Ooh. Um, we're probably going to start getting colder and colder. I mean, last year we hit minus 29, minus 29 Fahrenheit. I don't know what that translates into Celsius if you're um, in a country or in a place that uses Celsius, but you could probably look that up online. But minus 29 Fahrenheit is (laughs) really cold. (laughs) And we had that last winter and I took care of my horses in that weather. So it's not that cold. I think it's maybe in the twenties right now, um, in comparison, which, you know, still is pretty cold. Um, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's as high as 30 now. I don't know, but it was cold. And, if I had a choice, I'd be in my house, you know, with a cup of tea and some cozy slippers on and like a blanket. And I'd be kind of curled up in front of the fireplace. And, you know, it's a weekend. I'd be like reading a book or doing something like that. But instead I'm out calling horses to me and I'm feeding them and then I'm going to get their hay and, um, and I'm going to carry their hay out to their bigger pasture so that they don't just become, these, you know, guys that just stand in the paddock and eat their hay right two seconds from the shelter. I'm going to have them walk a little bit. We don't have a track system in place, but I kind of tried to make our barn and our property a little bit more trackish by making them um, move for where they get their food. So this is what I was doing this morning. And as I did this, I discovered that their one uh, big water tub was empty. So I had to fill that. They had another one that was full. Um, but I had to do that. And like I said, it's cold and, and whatever. But as I was doing this, you know, it's like I'm causing myself to do things that I may otherwise not do. And in doing so, I start to experience things and have access to things that I wouldn't otherwise, right? And I've had this happen so many times in caring for my horses where 
you know, doing something that isn't that fun, I end up seeing something like maybe I see a, an amazing bird that I wouldn't see otherwise, or, or I'm outside and like suddenly geese fly overhead. And it's like, wow, I would have missed that if I was just doing something else. There are these moments of magic and amazing experiences that happen because I'm doing something for my horse. And I find that this is the case through all kinds of things. And this is part of what I was talking about in episode one, which is the horse, you know, horses themselves, I don't think empower us. It is that they, by their nature, provide us an opportunity to empower us. And when I talk about, you know, seeing something magical like a bird or, or, or um, having an experience outside that I get because I, you know, outside for my horse, to me, that is, it is empowerment. Because I'm, first of all, I don't know if you've ever had like kind of like a magical experience that you kind of notice something or something comes to you when you're out just doing your thing with your horse. It It's those moments in life that I find that are treasures. They're treasures. Um, I feel connected in, in with myself. I feel connected with the world. Um, if I had been having a bad morning before or a bad day before, suddenly I have a different perspective. And this is this is what I'm talking about. It's like we as horse girls, we have this heart and soul connection with these animals. And these animals, they have so many qualities, you know, they they are big, they are powerful, they are fast, they can be loving. Um, they can be so gentle. They can sometimes not be gentle. Um, they, you know, can run the gamut in terms of personalities, but they, they also, you know, unless the horse is living out in the wild, they're relying on us and they're also a prey animal and they have certain reactions to things. Um, And that gives us opportunities, I believe, for us, and I've discovered, for me, to be able to have these moments where I can empower myself. I can, it's like I connect more with myself. I experience moments of magic or I have more inner strength, I develop inner strength that I wouldn't otherwise. When I was little, and I talked in episode one about how, you know, I'd gotten into um, ponies and horses, I started to like them because of my sister, I did have this one um, large pony that had been loaned to us for the summer. And that was really great. Um, I was again, I think I was about six. And um, that was really great because I got to, you know, kind of really 
experience what it was like to ride and take care of um, a, a pony and experience all of that. And then I had to give her back and I wanted to get my own pony. So I got this pony. Her name was Spooker. She's beautiful, beautiful, dark bay pony, about 12 hands. And she was her namesake. I mean, she was tough. She was scary. And I didn't buy her thinking that. Um, my sister helped me buy her. And we got her in an auction and she seemed kind of sweet, but she was a handful. And um, I was really scared. Um, she bucked me off and I was really scared. And I couldn't seem to navigate my experiences with her. And so we finally made the decision, you know, to, to sell her. Um, and then I was ponyless. And then that's when I discovered this other pony that I talked about in episode one, this paint pony that actually was in a lot of ways, just, just as kind of quote unquote bad. Um, he was just as unruly. He, was maybe even more dangerous. He would rear up. He would, um, he was very barn sour. He would, you'd take him out of the, the paddock and then he would just grab the bit in his mouth and just turn around and, you know, run back, um, and try to scrape me off on the fence and, and whatever it was, because he, you know, kind of run the show for a while and he decided that, I could just kind of be gotten rid of. Um, and yet it was, it was in that experience where I had had, you know, I had had this amazing experience of having my own pony. And then I had this really sad experience of not, and I was ponyless. And then when this hort, when this pony paint came up as an opportunity, it's like, I had to find within myself the bravery, the inner desire, you know, the strength, the belief in myself, even though I didn't know what I was doing, to deal with this pony paint because otherwise I was going to be I was going to be ponyless again and I couldn't stomach that so I did what I needed to do I did what I needed to do and I didn't have answers but I empowered myself to find them and I empowered myself to believe that I could figure it out I didn't throw in the towel. I didn't believe that I just could give up. Um, I didn't have somebody that was going to swoop in and get me some other pony that I could ride that, you know, was fully trained that I could feel more comfortable on. It was either me bucking up or that was it. That was it. And this is what I find horses of any size and for us at any age 
can give us the opportunity to do. Whether we have an unruly horse or an unruly pony or or not. Like for example, this morning. So I'm out there, you know, I'm feeding the horses. Um, what I did is I put the hose in the tub and um, I kind of like, I kind of like fixed it down in so that it would stay in. Um, and, and then I turned the water on and I went to get their hay and, um, I came back and it turns out that the hose had flown out of the tub after, after it was almost full. Um, but it got water out on the ground and that ground is going to freeze. Um, and so then I had to get some, um, cause we have some mud right there. And so then I got some, I had to get some gravel and I had to grab a shovel and kind of put some gravel where that was so that it didn't kind of freeze up and make an icy spot in front of the water that I just was giving to the horses. Why is this relevant? This is relevant because I wasn't, I didn't have the opportunity to just give up and just say, well, Hope you guys can deal with it. Um, hope you guys can get through the ice that's going to form right here, right now. No, I, I, I couldn't do that to my horses. Um, I was able to push past my own, you know, whatever, um, fatigue, wanting to get back inside, um, wanting to just be done with being outside even longer. And, you know, grabbing a shovel and pulling gravel onto that spot. And what it is, is a resilience, you know, a resilience to um, find within yourself the resources and the drive and the motivation and the belief in yourself to do what it is that you need or want to do that you think is in the best interests of your horse or pony or that you feel, you know, just allows you to even be around them. Like in my case with that pony paint, if I hadn't if I hadn't found the resources to figure out how to work with that pony paint, I was going to be ponyless again. And I couldn't stomach that. And so I had to find a way. It wasn't an option. To me, this is empowerment. When you self-empowerment, when you because nobody was empowering me from the outside, right? Like it, it wasn't going to happen. My parents weren't going to be like, oh, honey, let's get you another pony that's different. No. Um, and nobody was going to be like, oh, let me train this pony for you. No, that wasn't going to happen either. It wasn't power coming from outside. It was power coming from inside me that I had to figure out within me. And when I did that with paint, that pony, it had these amazing repercussions in the rest of my life. It had these amazing repercussions because when I started working with paint, I had no idea 
how in the world I could get this very naughty pony to listen to me. I mean, I hadn't had any riding lessons. I didn't have a trainer. I didn't have anything. I had me, myself, and I, and maybe the library. And, you know, horse people always have opinions. So you can kind of like ask various people around the barn. But I don't know, have you ever discovered that no one solution that everybody has come up with ever works for every horse or every circumstance. Um, it doesn't. You have to find the answers yourself. And I had to do that. This is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about empowering ourselves as horse girls, empowering ourselves. And, um, the repercussions are that that creates kind of like a, a resilience in us, a, a, a belief in ourselves, a stamina within ourselves, um, a sense of power really is what it is, right? M power meant power is energy power is the ability to do things on your own. Um, you know, if you can power from within, you, you you don't need other people to fix things for you. You have that power. That is what I'm talking about. And it can apply to all areas of your life. It can apply to then, I, I know for me, um, I was a very shy little girl. And I was very tentative. And I was very hesitant. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, there are a lot of things that I was taught to believe and had to learn to, you know, to kind of navigate my childhood, um, that I've later learned are not true, um, not right. But back then that's, that's what I thought and that's what I experienced and that's, you know, that's what I was living and yet when with this pony, I found this ability within myself to not give up, to continue believing in myself, even when I didn't believe in myself, but just forcing myself to take step after step after step in whatever way and try different things. It developed a resilience in me that then played out in other areas of my life, all, all areas of my life. And it happens every day, even now. I'm not a little girl anymore. I've done lots of thing and things in the world. But there is nothing like, um, there's nothing like the experiences that you can encounter when you're navigating the world of horses. Um, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You're a horse girl. I mean, horses get into trouble. They get into kind of shenanigans and mishaps and mayhem. And, and we have to learn to be very creative in our solutions. We learn to be very resilient. We learn to find solutions. We learn to find answers. We learn to become more independent, um, not because we can push people away, but because we can 
be strong within ourselves because we learn to do that. And I really believe it comes from having this amazing heart and soul based connection with these animals that then give us the opportunity for us to say, I will figure it out. I will push past or I will find ways or I will you know, just believe in myself or I will just open myself up to new ideas or whatever. And the outcome of that is empowerment. And not only does that empower us, as I've said, in all areas of our life, um, it changes our relationship with our horses and it improves our riding. There's so many things that I learned about um, working with that pony paint, uh, learning how to really, and not just, not just understand what was going on with him and standing up within myself to be able to navigate, understanding how to work with him, but also how to connect with him. I learned how to do that through that. And that, that later benefited me with horses of other types, horses that were much more sensitive and maybe timid. These days, I have two horses of very different personalities. I have my my young thoroughbred, um, and he is, um, sometimes I call him the dragon or uh, dragon snorty McSnort. Um, he's spicy. <laughs> I like that word spicy. Um, he's spicy. He um, is dominant. He has lots of opinions. Um, he's very smart. Um, he can be really bullish and pushy. Um, he can also be really sweet. Um, my other guy, he is more, he's very sensitive. Oh my gosh, he's so sensitive. And I have to use very different awarenesses within myself to be able to connect with him and have him um, understand the dynamic between the two of us so that we can partner. I mean, yeah, he's a well-trained horse. He's an older horse. I got him as a husband horse for my husband actually. And, and then to be a pasture mate for my younger guy, but he'll, he'll, he'll shut down and just do whatever he needs to do. He was a less, he was a lesson horse, but that's not what brings out his dynamic his relationship with me, what brings out his relationship with me where he's not just doing what he's told and he's doing, he's doing it for me and for us because of our connection is because when we have a connection, when I show him that I get him, when I understand him, and these are all things that I've learned through the horses. These are all things that I learned, um, way back with that pony paint. In having these challenges, I learned how to find within myself answers, answers of how to connect with a horse that maybe is uncertain at times and scared and at other times is bullish. Um, and there's connections between why sometimes they are that way when they are scared. 
because they're herd animals, but that's another conversation. But my point is, my point is that these horses and our connection with them, this deep, inexplicable heart and soul-based connection that we have with them is what it's like the 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 driving force that causes us to go beyond our own self limits the the things that we would typically kind of be like well I'm you know I'm I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that or I'm not going to try this or I'm not going to try that but you do you do push past things or you do find strength within yourself or you ask yourself answers or you tune into yourself and you start listening to yourself and you believe in yourself and you question things when you're really motivated for something you love. And that to me is that heart and soul based connection with horses. I paused for a little bit as I reflected on why is this so important? Why do I feel like I want to talk about this so much? And I think the reason is that I think it's really important for us as horse girls to give ourselves credit and recognition for what we do and what we are. That's what this podcast is about. It's a lot about discussing how we do empower ourselves and can empower ourselves on an ongoing basis through our relationships with our horses and how that can improve our lives in all areas and how it can improve our riding and our relationships with our horses. But this podcast is also about owning what we do, owning and seeing and being proud of ourselves for choosing to embrace our horse girl selves, choosing to embrace our power, choosing to empower ourselves because we're inspired through these relationships with these wonderful animals that we call horses. If we don't recognize what it is that we're doing It's almost like the benefits are for naught. It took me a long time to kind of realize that. I knew, I knew I could feel in my bones as a kid that horses and ponies changed the trajectory of my life in immeasurable ways. I knew that. I always felt that way. But I didn't really... I didn't really give myself kind of like credit for the fact that it wasn't something that just happened to me, that it was something that I did and that I could be proud of doing that, that I chose to do it, 
that I chose to embrace my own power. I chose to empower myself through this wonderful dynamic that is horses. And that's a really key thing. It's a really key thing to our ongoing empowerment. Otherwise, we kind of feel like it's just something that we just kind of stumbled through or just happened to us. But it's not something we stumble through and just happen to us. You know, that just happens to us. It is something that we choose to do and we choose to embrace. Being a horse girl is not the easiest thing. Non-horse people often don't understand what we're doing. They don't understand why we spend the money that we do or the amount of time that we do or what does this mean? And, you know, and then there's the horse girl stereotype of like, oh, you know, girls and horses, it's just this like weird thing that happens and, you know, didn't you grow out of that? Wasn't that just kind of like a phase, you know, like playing with dolls as a kid or whatever? Um, it, it's not, it's not something that other people understand. And if we can understand ourselves, though, and we can embrace the fact that we kick butt as horse girls, Seriously, we do. When we empower ourselves, which we do through, or we can through our relationships with our horses, we kick butt. We do amazing things. We do inspiring things. Not maybe because we're trying to inspire anybody else, but other people can be inspired by that. They can be. Let me give you an example. Last summer, um, we needed to get a second horse. And I couldn't find one in Montana uh, that would work. We wanted a second horse to be a pasture mate for my first horse. And we wanted, I wanted something that I could teach my husband and my, my boys to ride on. Um, and, and, and also something that I could ride to that would just kind of like help me kind of get back, um, just kind of get back in the saddle more and not constantly be working with like a young, more green horse, like my younger guy. So kind of a combination. Well, we couldn't find one in Montana. Um, and I located a horse in, um, down by Las Vegas, Nevada. So couple of states away. Um, and the option of having him shipped, my first horse I did have shipped to me, but I had bought a horse trailer and, you know, it's expensive to have horses shipped. And I just realized that what I really needed to do was just to go get this horse myself. Now, I had not driven a horse trailer very frequently. I drove a little bit in high school um, and then uh, my sister's horse trailer. But then when I was really serious and we were showing, my horse went in the big trailer with my trainer. And so my trainer would drive 
So I really haven't driven that much with a horse trailer. But now here I am, you know, 30 years away um, from owning my last horse. And probably since I, yeah, more than 30 years, I guess, since I'd last driven a horse trailer, um, I bought a two horse trailer. Um, We bought a truck that we could pull it with. That was its own adventure in itself, trying to figure out how to navigate that. And I basically got them hooked up and here I am going to drive, you know, many states away um, across, you know, south, heading south across the country, not across the company country, but down really um, to, you know, a very different um, weather conditions and, and, and terrain and all that to get this horse the second horse. And it was really scary, you know, but what was it that caused me to do it? Well, my horse needed another horse. I mean, we didn't really officially need a horse for my husband or for my kids because it's not like they were like dying to have a horse. The real driving force was that my horse needed a second horse. When I got my my horse, originally we were going to board him and then we decided to have him on our property. So then we had to set up the whole property and then um, we needed a buddy for him and we didn't have one. And so this is what happened. It was this need to do right by him that caused me to basically go within and find this courage within me that I didn't really think I had, but I kind of had to find it. And I had to be able to, you know, get in this horse trailer and, you know, drive, um, multiple days, one way to go look at this horse. And if I liked him, bring him back with me right? This is what I'm talking about. Would I have done that? Would most people have done that? I mean, I don't know that they, that they would. Um, I talked to a friend of mine and she's like, wow, you just like got in this horse trailer and you know, you got in your truck and your horse trailer and you just, you just drove it and you went to get this horse. And I'm like, yeah. And that's the thing that I'm talking about. It's like, I was even surprised that I did it. But it was, in a way, it's like what I had to do. It's just what I had to do. Was I scared? Yes. I stayed, um, I booked like places to stay along the way, on the way down. And the first night I didn't make it. I ended up sleeping in my truck in, um, on, on, you know, at a rest stop, a really nice rest stop. But um, I, in, in the cold weather, you know, I just like slept in the back of the truck. Um, on the first night back, 
uh, you know, I'm, I didn't know what it was going to be like with this horse hauling this horse by myself, um, back and staying multiple nights, you know, at, um, a place. So I had to find places that I could go and have him stabled overnight. I had to be able to load him and unload him by myself each time. I had to navigate through large stretches of drives where, you know, there's no cell phone reception and, and, and questionable weather or, you know, who knows what could happen. Um, and I did all of that. And I actually, the very first night after I got the horse, um, I slept in the horse trailer, um, instead of in the truck, I slept in the horse trailer cause it was warmer down there. Um, just because, I didn't want him to be by himself all night in a strange place. And um, I did that. I mean, I heard coyotes and all kinds of things around me, <laughs> but I slept in the trailer by myself. Um, and we don't have living quarters. So basically it was like putting a tarp down, spreading out a spreading out a sleeping bag and sleeping um, in, a, in a trailer, you know. And uh, I did that. And I did that and I, I, I did it because I needed to. I did it because I wanted to for my other horse. You know, I pushed past those fears. I pushed past those uncertainties. I found strength within myself and I kicked butt for doing it. And like I said, I talked to my friend afterwards and she's like, you just got in a, a horse trailer that you haven't driven except for a few times when you were a teenager and you drove her the whole way down multiple states and you picked up a new horse that you don't know anything about and you, you know, drove back m multiple times, you know, staying multiple places along the way. And I'm like, yeah, I did it. I can look back on this now and be like, wow, that's so cool. You know, at the time I was just doing what I needed to do. I was just doing what I needed to do for my horse because I'm connect, you know, I have this soul connection with my horse. But I need to give myself credit for that. I need to not just have done it, but realize like how bad ASS, I'm not going to swear on the show, but how kick butt that is. How kick butt that is that I did that. Are you giving yourself credit for how kick butt you are? when you do what you need to do for your horses or your horse and your riding? Are you, first of all, are you choosing to empower yourself through the opportunities that the horse is presenting to you? And if you are, are you recognizing it? Are you appreciating it? Are you treasuring it? And are you celebrating it within yourself because you should be because you need to because you need to realize that that's not something that everybody does that is part of what I'm talking about in this podcast is we horse girls no matter what discipline I don't care if you ride dressage or you do endurance or you're a show jumper or you ride western pleasure you go out in the mountains and you trail ride 
it does not matter. By the sheer nature of being a horse girl, you are of a breed of women or females that has the opportunity and can embrace your own power through this wonderful love that is the connection that you have with your horse. And that's what I'm talking about in this podcast. So I will end on that until the next episode. I'm so glad you tuned into today's episode of the Riding from the Inside Out, Empowering Our Horse Girl Selves podcast. If you're enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button, share this episode with others, and leave me a rating and review in iTunes. To connect with me, visit me on Facebook and Instagram at the Riding from the Inside Out podcast, where I share related content and support on how we can empower ourselves as horse girls from the inside out. And finally, to learn more about me and my other offerings, visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com.